Step 2. Separation and Atonement The ego is the mind's belief that it is completely on its own. A Course in Miracles The next step on the stairway to heaven is a change in what we believe about God or our Source. Many people on this planet believe that God is a divine presence that is in heaven overseeing our lives and that we must please God before we die if we are to enter heaven. We believe that we and God are separate. Neil Donald Walsh has addressed this idea in his weekly bulletins on the topic of the God Ayoyot, where he explains the concept of oneness. He explains very well how most humans believe they are separate from each other and that they are separate from God. They believe that God is a being in the sky or an overseeing parent that is about to pass judgment and is someone they should fear rather than love. He states that most of the world's people adhere to what I have come to call separation theology. The God of this theology is named Ahayat. This sounds a bit like a Native American word, but it is not. It's my personal acronym for I'm over here and you're over there. He goes on to explain that although this name is different than most names religions have given to God, e.g. Yahweh, Allah, Jehovah, Krishna, etc., the concept that God exists outside of us rather than inside of us appears to be quite consistent amongst most religions. Religions teach that you can only come to God or go to God if you follow the religious protocol. It is Neil's theory that if the separation theology or worship of the God Ahayat continues, it will bring an end to life as we know it on the earth. He gives examples of how this has already begun. People believe this is God making his presence known on earth to teach us a lesson by punishing us with, with such things as the AIDS epidemic, increased violence, poverty, pestilence, etc., and that these are all signs of God's anger and punishments. He states that it is the belief that God is over there and demands something from us that allows humans to give themselves permission to inflict punishments on others they believe have ignored God's word or disobeyed God's commandments. For example, putting people behind bars and sentencing them to death in the electric chair or humans flying airplanes into buildings and killing thousands of innocent civilians all the while shouting, Ella is great. He notes that we would never do these things to our fellow human beings if we believed that we were doing these things to God. But we would first have to believe that we and God are one before we would change our thinking. He goes on to say that separation theology produces a separation cosmology. That is, a cosmological way of looking at all of life which holds that everything is separate from everything else. Separation cosmology produces a separation sociology. That is, a way of socializing the human species 
that separates every person from every other person by declaring their interest to be separate. Separation sociology produces a separation pathology, that is, pathological behaviors of self-destruction demonstrated individually and collectively. But what if we weren't separate from God or one another? What if we were each small pieces of God and we were all connected? Then, as a whole universe of connected individual souls joined together, we would be God. A Course in Miracles talks about separation as the false belief that we are sinners and separate from God our Creator. This false belief represents the ego's belief in a world of perception and physical form, one of pain, suffering, and death. As the Course teaches, we are not separate, and we join together our God. This may appear arrogant, but as quoted from Marianne Williamson, to remember that you are part of God, that you are loved and lovable, is not arrogant. It's humble. To think you are anything else is arrogant, because it implies you're something other than the creation of God. She goes on to explain the divine mind. God has lit your mind himself and keeps your mind lit by his light because his light is what your mind is. Psychologist Carl Jung posited the notion of the collective unconscious, an innate mental structure encompassing the universal thought forms of all humanity. His idea was that if you went deeply enough into your mind and deeply enough into mine, there is a level we all share. The course goes one step further. If you go deeply enough into your mind and deeply enough into mine, we have the same mind. The concept of a divine or Christ mind is the idea that at our core, we are not just identical, but actually the same being. There is only one begotten son doesn't mean that someone else was it and we're not. It means we are all it. There's only one of us here. We are like the spokes on the wheel, all radiating out from the same center. If you define us according to our position on the rim, we seem separate and distinct from one another. But if you define us according to our starting point, our source, the center of the wheel, we are a shared identity. If you dig deep enough into your mind and dig deep enough into mine, the picture is the same. At the bottom of it all, what we are is love. The word Christ is a psychological term. No religion has a monopoly on the truth. Christ refers to the common thread of divine love that is the core and essence of every human mind. The love in one of us is the love in all of us. There's actually no place where God stops and you start, and no place where you stop and I start. Love is energy, an infinite continuum. Your mind extends into mine and into everyone else's. 
It doesn't stay enclosed within your body. A Course in Miracles likens us to sunbeams, thinking we're separate from the sun, or waves thinking we're separate from the ocean. Just as a sunbeam can't separate itself from the sun, and a wave can't separate itself from the ocean, we can't separate ourselves from one another. We are all part of a vast sea of love, one indivisible divine mind. These concepts of oneness reflect the right mind of the true self. The ego, on the other hand, believes it is separate from God. This belief of separation and isolation from God has led human humankind to be fearful, to sin, to be self-centered, to do what it feels it needs to do to survive and protect itself, and then feel guilty and shameful about it. The ego is the part of the mind that believes it is separate from its spiritual self or Christ mind, which is not true. This creates a split mind of two parts, one that operates from wrong thinking, ego, and one that operates from right thinking, spirit. This is described as wrong-mindedness and right-mindedness in A Course in Miracles. The ego mind generally operates from the wrong-thinking part of the mind, but you can learn to use the right-thinking mind. The ego mind runs the show of everyday life as a spirit mind waits for the ego to recognize and become aware of its higher self's right mind and its interconnection to God and all that is, to oneness. The right mind believes that love can conquer all and that we are all here to work together, to be compassionate and kind to ourselves, our loved ones and our neighbors, to think and act as Christ would do or out of our Christ consciousness, to move forward on the stairway to heaven. You will need to learn to act from right-mindedness. This requires a change or correction in your beliefs. This is described as atonement in A Course in Miracles. What exactly is atonement? It is an undoing or correction to heal the belief that there has been a rupture between us and God. We are not now, nor have we ever been, separate from God. There's evidence of this false rupture everywhere we look in the world today. Many people walk in loneliness and depression feeling split from their families, communities, and the world, cut off from the love and goodness, disconnected from their source. Many experience life surrounded by evidence of the rupture, hatred, anger, violence, aggression, war, negativity, disease, and trauma. We have all felt the shock waves caused by the aftermath of the rupture. Many wonder, where is God in all this destruction? And many look for ways to heal it through religion, spiritual development, healing therapies and modalities, and all forms of counseling and self-help. The belief that we are separate from God is an error that needs correction and to be unlearned. Atonement, therefore, is about the healing of our split from God. It is a reconciliation or agreement to become at one again with God, the source of all that is. 
What must humanity do to atone? This was well explained in the following excerpt from A Course in Miracles study website, www.circleofa.org. We may no longer believe, or may have never believed, that Jesus died for our sins. But we probably still retain, at least unconsciously, the underlying belief that reconciling with God means paying for our sinfulness. This hidden belief causes us to view the spiritual life as a series of sacrifices through which we try to make it up to God. In this light, all of our spiritual study, our practice periods with the workbook, our lengthy meditations, our daily good thoughts and good deeds add up to a single massive attempt to atone. Through it all, something deep within us is trying to say to God, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. On an even deeper level, this is why we dream into our lives, disasters, disease, aging, and death. We hope that if we punish ourselves enough, God will take us back. This is why the Course's definition of atonement should be such a profound relief. The Course says, yes, there did seem to be some kind of rift between you and God, and yes, the cause of that rift needs to be wiped away in order for reconciliation to occur. But, and here is the relief, the wiping away occurs through realizing that your split with God was never real in the first place. Nothing ever happened to your relationship with God. The only split that occurred was between your image of yourself and your image of God. This means that the split occurred only in your mind, not in God's. The real you and the real God have remained completely at peace and at once since the very beginning. What amazing news! The rupture never occurred. The world of the rupture is no more than a bad dream. There is nothing to pay for, no need for sacrifice. And therefore, all of your study, practice, meditation, prayer, good thoughts, and good deeds can be aimed not at making it up to God, but at undoing your deep-seated delusion that there is something to make up for. This is why the words undoing and correction are so often associated with atonement in the Course. The whole Course is about undoing our belief in the reality of the rupture. It is all about correcting our belief that we were ever left God's loving arms. In the words of the Course, the full awareness of the atonement, then, is the recognition that the separation never occurred. What steps, then, do we take to achieve atonement? We do the Course. We study the text, practice the workbook, and extend to others as teachers of God. Should atonement be pronounced at one No, it does not refer to the state of at one but to the regaining of at one It is not about union, but about reunion. The beautiful thing, however, is that this reunion is achieved not by paying for a real split, but by waking up from a split that happened only in our imagination. 
you need to awaken from the dream of separation. Separation never occurred. Atonement and salvation will happen by listening and hearing the call of the Spirit within you, calling you to awaken and realize who you are and your connectedness to God, the brotherhood of humanity, and all that is. All humankind is connected to each other. You will remember this through the process of awakening and forgiveness, and by allowing the world to be what it is, without imposing your personal beliefs and perceptions on it. Only then will you realize the compassion and kindness that comes with awakening to oneness. Joy, peace, love, compassion, and kindness will occur when you are willing to acknowledge and accept your connectedness and awaken. Therein lies the miracle of the Course. When there is a change in thought or correction of wrong thinking, from mindlessness to mindfulness, defenses will be dropped and our true selves will be revealed. You will no longer believe in sin, guilt, and fear, and it will be the end of all illusions. With practice of mindfulness, it will be miraculously transformed into love, compassion, and acceptance. As quoted from Living a Course in Miracles, it is a correction of a perception, a learning device, a lesson in truth, introduced into erroneous thinking. It is putting aside of false gods. It is the acceptance of atonement. The miracle does nothing. It undoes. To awaken, you need only choose to do so and reconnect with your inner self, your true self, and with God the Source. This can be done through prayer, meditation, doing yoga or qigong, walks in nature, being still and listening to the small voice within, learning a healing modality, etc. The method is not what is important, nor does it have to be the same for everyone. Just find a way to connect or plug in we are all different souls with special gifts and unique life journeys. What works well for you will depend on your perception of your life circumstances and your beliefs. Begin by choosing a method that brings you peace and serenity. Then do what your heart tells you from there. A regular daily practice is best. More on this topic will be shared in the chapters describing Step 7 and Step 9. Your quality of life and sense of love, joy, peace, and happiness is very much dependent on your belief system and perception of your life and the world. What you believe to be true, real, correct, or important will shape your life. If what you believe in is really an illusion or false, you will not be able to find the peace and serenity you are looking for. Understanding what is truth and what is an illusion in this earth plane is key to finding heaven on earth. <laughs>